0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lepone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. So, um, have you ever heard of Peter Serafinowitz? Peter, there was an old man named Peter Serafinowitz, Had a nickname on his chinowitz, plucked it off, but it grew inowitz. Poor old Peter a beginowitz. Please tell me that was just a riff. No, that's totally a song. You've never heard the song Michael Finnegan? I guess it's probably a little offensive for people from Scotland. Um, uh-huh. It's an old rhyme. There was an old man named Michael Finnegan. Oh, uh, but
1: so you you did riff on the Peter Peter Serafin? Yeah, song, that though. that I
0: did. Yeah, that was so impressive. Thank have you. Have you been to improv class? Uh, I try. Friends don't let friends do improv. You should know this. Fair. We have a we have a service for if do you have friends who are interested to improv? They say to you. Hey, you want to come see my improv show? It's at 10 a.m. We're the fifth act to go on. It's $7 to get in, but your first drink is free. You should call our phone number. It's one 800 no but. Friends don't let friends do improv.
1: That's funny. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with shots and shanties. Do you think there are listeners out there who develop drinking games to our to our podcast
1: and do shots? But what, do whatever we say, like
0: whenever whenever I say let's ride there on my Segway. Um, or, uh-huh. I don't know, or wherever if I say
1: um whenever you see you know what every time every time i edit these podcasts i was like god i say that so much and then when it comes (laughs) to actually thinking about what do i say i can never remember
0: whenever you make up an obscure uk word to fool me into thinking it's real
1: precisely um also
0: a question are there any shanties other than c shanties yes um i only learned this recently because i found a new subreddit i think it's called (laughs) r shanties um this is an this is actual. <laughs> this is an actual thing that happened to me recently. Um, oh, it's not called shanties. I'm looking for sea shanties. Thanks, our shanties. Um, it's our sea shanties. There are also Jimmy. Did you know this space shanties? Um, of course, shanties where, in space. Including uh, one of my favorites, which we should absolutely remember to put in the show notes, called Carmen Miranda's Ghost. which i never thought i would have a chance to include in this podcast um yeah it's like carmen miranda's ghost is haunting space pod number nine um it's really weird but the free fruit is awesome is the thesis of the song
1: (laughs) okie dokie what so not, not only just space, but ghosts in space
0: ghosts in space, yeah, and the idea the idea of a space shanty is like there's a sci-fi future where we sail around in spaceships the same way we sailed around in boats, in seaships, uh-huh. and so of course, space shanties obviously would develop. Um, so long story short, yes, I think there are other kinds of shanties. <laughs> excellent well maybe one day we'll do the space shanty <laughs> musical
1: um also just as a note we teased it last week we're gonna do it this week hey 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 um so stay tuned till the end of the podcast which you all do anyway um for our reddit rundown
0: yeah we're gonna talk about some of your comments from heathers last week
1: exactly look at us go let's get my into my it comments.
0: what are you, what are you drinking today jimmy i am drinking
1: some seawater mm. what are you drinking
0: uh this right here why this is the very bottle of a perrier that's mineral
1: beautiful well done <laughs> how, how long how long were you were you working that one years
0: out? years and years and years
1: it's been years in the making
0: and i don't um, think it's even original i think i heard it somewhere else
1: well, I liked it. I hadn't heard it before. Um why are we waffling on about this, sir?
0: It has to do with our quiz question last <gasps> week. One of the most popular songs from this quote unquote musical has been parodied in every context. It will help you learn about the chemical elements, nations of the world, and even college major majors. What is the musical?
2: Be the pirate priest while all the household soundly sleeps.
0: of penzance. the pirates uh, of penzance specifically which i'm sure we'll talk about in more detail later but the major general song which even if you haven't heard it you've absolutely heard it um yeah
1: exactly you know it you know you pretty much know it off by heart
0: yeah it's you know daniel radcliffe sings the elements song set to the melody of modern major general at parties as a parlor trick yeah. um and it's so in- that's the reason why. That's the reason, because you're all Daniel Radcliffe fans. No, it's inanomaniacs. It's like, yep. I am the very model of a cartoon individual. There was a very popular viral video maybe a couple yep. years ago about Barack Obama. Um I yep. am the very model of he's- a something president. Um, yep. You know, it's all, everywhere. It's everywhere. You, it's- you've absolutely heard it before.
1: Everywhere and it came from our first gilbert and sullivan musical that we are talking about i
0: think we we are treading dangerous waters here
1: jimmy i know i know we're we're going out to the the deadlands
0: <laughs> well there there are there are there are people who like Talking about Arthur Sullivan and William Gilbert are like their life's work. Exactly, and we're never going to be as smart as them.
1: No, absolutely not. Caveat right at the start. Yeah, so <laughs> I, um, when I was in Edinburgh, I was a member of the Edinburgh University Savoy Opera Group, mm. uh, which was our Gilbert and Sullivan Society. Um, they also did musicals as well, but mm-hmm. uh, that was the, the, the principally we did that. And um, at the the fiftieth anniversary gala mm-hmm. um that we had uh it was amazing we got all these speakers and it was basically just a room full of of gns heads and it's so amazing because like i feel like the passion that we have for musical theater mm-hmm. purely equates the passion that they have for for these for these operas um like the fan following like you know we talk about heathers and we talk about corn nuts yeah um like the fan following for gilbert sullivan is just something else it's everywhere
0: and it's oh yeah
1: huge and extremely my, loyal
0: my my first encounter with the gilbert and sullivan fan following was um back in my days of heading up wiki project musical theater mm-hmm. um tasked with editing wikipedia pages uh, about right. musical theater um and we got into quite an internet scuffle with wiki project gilbert and sullivan um Excellent. about who had purview over which articles and um there there's some passionate internet people out it's there so
1: that's so because like honestly because um uh you saw, as we call it um started to when they started to do music they haven't always done musicals obviously we has been going 50 mm-hmm. years um, when they started to do musical theater um and obviously with the current climate of people just knowing musical theater more and preferring musical theater, um, mm. it, it, there's kind of been a shift in what's the priority. Yeah. Um, and like over the past kind of like four or five years, is a heavy debate about, you know, what it is, which which is the true thing, which is the thing that's important. You know, what do we call ourselves? Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Um, it's fascinating the the kind of, dichotomy yep. hey, boy, and
0: take a shot we'll probably talk about it later absolutely uh, but so pirates mm. of penzance premiered in 1879 i think this is now the earliest show we've talked about Um, i don't i don't is this will probably be unless we cover another gilbert and sullivan but i can't imagine we'll cover pinafore or something um who knows maybe jim and Well hey we could be here exactly when
1: we're on episode 506 like we'll need to
0: (laughs) but like we're we're so far at the genesis but it premiered just at the end of 1879 yeah um in new york and it had like a triple premiere
1: um, yeah, exactly. It, it kind of it. it it's it, the start of the start of, of Gina, and we'll get into this in, in a little minute. There we go already. Um, but the start of Parks and Benzans was so kind of fraught. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots that went with it. So yeah, we were the UK, we were in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, different versions. Like it's it was a mad yeah. opening. And
0: Gilbert, Gilbert and Sullivan were, I would say, known. You know, like this, like it was, we're going to see the next Gilbert and Sullivan operetta, but this one, you know, reviews very much said, like, this is, they made severe leaps and bounds in their own stylistic choices in creating Pirates of Penzance. Mm
1: -hmm. Totally. Um, And this was the first of the operas to be premiered stateside, and there Mm -hmm. are reasons for that, which Mm again, we won't get into. Um, But kind of after its initial success, I think it ran, certainly in the UK, it ran for like, 400 odd performances mm-hmm. which is which huge is... at that time exactly at that time that is massive um and then it was only a, a couple of years later then it got revived um mm-hmm. in the the savoy theater yeah. um where and i think i think through doily cart um the gilbert and sullivan, the main kind of gilbert and sullivan production company um mm-hmm. it was it was never off their their touring um yeah. books until I mean, they like... closed it yeah. it
0: immediately started like I think three tours stateside, um, yeah. Like it, you know, and that's at this time, turn of the last century. That's one of the fastest moving ways to get a piece of art out there. Totally, um, you know, totally. we're we're what we're we're probably we're pre-radio, certainly pre-television, yeah. and yeah. you know we're definitely in silent movie land. Um, we're still. So, I mean, this is Victorian era, like yeah like crazy for something to become so wildly popular um you know, across
1: continents do you know what i mean not even yeah. just within the uk it's across yeah. continents.
0: continent yeah like take take that andrew lloyd weber yeah, yeah exactly let's, you, let's, you think you're the machine we're doing- yeah exactly
1: <laughs> please um so let's talk a little bit about what pirates actually is what's going on in this Oh Merry man! Little far. What <laughs> ain't
2: going on, right?
0: Right. Uh, um, this is a ridiculous show. It, by contemporary standards, the plot of this show is ridiculous.
1: Absolutely. Um, and it's. Do you know what? That's kind of interesting in itself because, like, where do you, where do we talk about it from?
0: Right. Do you know because what I mean? It, it is. It is ostensibly contemporaneous, right? Yes. The The idea is that it is written about. The late 1870s, early 1880s. In that time, yes, we're not talking about you know the 1810s or the 1700s, exactly. Um, but a lot of the plot revolves around how ridiculous it would be if there were a contemporary, still living band of pirates yes. in the 1880s. Yes, and so it's like self dating itself through parody kind of totally
1: totally and that you know that kind of calls into some of the genius of these guys is that they really knew how to kind of subvert genre yeah um like really really
0: well um
1: so we're we're in penzance Mm
0: -hmm. which is which is in england i recently learned (laughs) where did you think it was (laughs) i think it was like africa I thought it was in Australia for several years. Which Is it because it has a Z in it? We don't need to dwell on my stupidity. Um, it's because it has a Z in it, doesn't it? It's it's because it's because I thought Englishmen were more intelligent than the people portrayed in this musical. I and see. Australia was later in development. Sorry, Australian listeners. Um, I don't know. Something seemed more. Something seemed more like australian frontier than it seemed like developed england countryside
1: okay that's i mean i can totally accept that but it's just it's
0: just wrong i had just been wrong in my mind for like decades about this
1: show right there you go so we're in but we're in the south i mean you know south england that's might as as well be australia yeah that's like what 24 degrees celsius (laughs) oh man (laughs) Uh, I don't know whatever that is in Fahrenheit, but who cares? Uh, you can Google the conversion. Yeah. Um, so here we have a band of merry pirates mm-hmm. um, who are led by the pirate king. He is the pirate king. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna. Be, is... I'm just gonna say I've I've been in this and I played the pirate king.
0: No f- effing way. Absolutely. Really? That's Isn't the best role I've
1: ever played on a stage. Yeah, potentially. Like
0: that's pretty awesome. Exactly. I would never. I would never take no offense i would never have typecast you as the pirate king but i would have really much enjoyed seeing you as the pirate king well maybe
1: if everyone's lucky i'll upload some video footage of that including <laughs> including one of the best theatrical blunders um and most successful theatrical blunders ever to have existed and better I stand than by that.
0: better than breaking milky white's leg off in that <laughs> infamous have you seen oh it's amazing <laughs> it's she'll so be good. fine
1: um (laughs) it's so good um yes better than that because it's musical i do it musically i communicate with an orchestra with my eyes
0: i'm very excited
1: thank you um but no it was really good fun so so i feel like i know this quite well in terms of the plot i should do so
0: the pirate king leads a merry band of buccaneers yeah um including frederick young frederick our protagonist Mm
1: -hmm. um so it must be said as well these guys are all orphans very important um (laughs) So, uh, basically, Frederick was kind of taken in um, by these pirates uh, mm. as an apprentice, as um, a mistake, as a complete mistake. Oh my goodness! Because he wanted to be
0: apprenticed to a pilot, and his his nanny, Angela Lansbury, in my mind forever and ever and ever. Yeah, um, it was hard of hearing, and instead of hearing pilot, heard pirate. And they have to be really keen on the pronunciation there.
2: And, you know, the rest is history. But it's his his
0: 18th birthday. Um, So, yes. And he's free of his indentured servitude, um, which is caused for some dismay because he's leaving the pirate call and is called to a duty to exterminating his very kin in the future. Exactly. And he's very cut up about it. And as you would be. I, this is where I think it's worth pausing for a second to talk about genre, because uh-huh. again, by contemporary musical theater terms, like two songs in, we're already in ridiculous territory. Absolutely, and that's part of that's part of the existence of this is that it's supposed to be like a happy, clean jaunt. Um, you know, this this show is an escape. There's a little bit of parody and a little bit of satire that might be construed as political or socio-political commentary, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, this is a ridiculous, almost absurdist escape. Completely. Completely. Um,
1: To the point where it's kind of like pantomime. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know I mean? We talked about pantomime back in Christmas of last year, and... uh, yeah, I think I feel like this is a great example of what pantomime could be. It's not pantomime.
0: It's not pantomime. But, but you it has can, elements of pantomime. You can see the, and I'm not well-versed on the interplay of the history between the two, but you can see whatever influences pantomime in this.
1: Yes. Y- you know? Yes. Uh-huh. I see what you mean. Yes. Uh-huh. um, So, yeah, Frederick's in the States. Um, and then... All of a sudden, here comes some lovely young girls! <laughs> Hooray! Uh, um, yep. So a big bunch of sisters uh, come over the hills um, to enjoy the sights of Penzance.
0: Which is always my favourite when you look up amateur and high school productions of this, when it's like a chorus of like a hundred girls Absolutely. who might as well be sisters.
1: Yeah, Major General Stanley got midday. <laughs> um and uh frederick meets them and they're terrified because he's a man and they've got their ankles out a man! i know um. <laughs> um but of course frisky young mabel among them uh is kind of enchanted by frederick um, but
0: but wait the pirates land and no. they endeavor to wed all the women against their will <laughs> But like, what? Well, but like, hold on! Pirates, pirates, pillage, rape, and kill. Pirates, yeah. you know, are mean, awful human beings. Not these pirates. Not they, the
1: pirates of Penzance. No,
0: they intend to wed against their will. Um, I always exactly. It, it's it's all like this is probably as close as to like deep hashtag trademark Jim and Tomic talk we can ever get with this kind of show. But yeah. like. Well, the the rampant kissing fest that Four. sometimes happens in productions of these things, where the pirates intend to wed these women against their will for all of ten seconds. Yep. Woo! It's talk,
1: heavy stuff. Talk we'll about put, thin, thinly. There'll be bold. a help line, There'll be a helpline in the in the show notes if, if any if of you, these issues.
0: If, if you have ever been a major general's daughter who has been inadvertently kissed by a pirate there is help there there is
1: um, we're not quite sure where it is but it will be somewhere um, and then uh oh their father general comes Stanley in up.
0: he is for, an, and, as for the same entrance as the pirate king that's the same song as the pirate king's song he is a major general he is he yes, is a major exactly. general reprise
1: if you will yes You know?
0: He sings um, probably the most popular song in the show.
1: He does indeed, the one that we've already talked about. Um, And then uh, he finds out that they're all orphans. And then a little bit of
0: Abbott and Costello wordplay happens.
1: Orphan, 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 orphan. And then it's the end of the act.
0: Right. (laughs) And then... To be entirely honest with you, Jimmy, that is where, generally, I stop watching or listening to this show. <laughs> that's a shame, because you're missing some hits. I'm you're missing, missing some hits. I'm missing some hits, but I don't think I'm missing a lot of plot. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: well, no, to be honest, that's where most of the plot happens, is in Act 2. Really, yeah. Act 1 is just a big bunch of introductions, act two is where the twists and turns occur.
0: Do, can you call them twists and turns? I
1: absolutely can. Uh, but, um,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I'll so, let you defend them. Okay, okay. So basically, um, now that uh, Frederick has obviously fallen from Mabel and they're going to get married, um, he feels this sense of duty, very important, mm-hmm. uh, to Major General Stanley, um, who... Again, wants to fight against the pirates.
0: Mm-hmm. But is, um, is very distraught at how much he lied about being an orphan to escape yes. from them. Because he is not. Dun-dun-dun.
1: Exactly. Oh, my gosh. But then,
0: um, to complicate the plot further, uh, the Pirate King and Mabel... Ruth. Ruth... The Pirate King and Ruth, who in the Angela Lansbury version is inexplicably in a much more flattering costume, arrive to tell Frederick of a most inconvenient paradox, I would say. Mm. <laughs> I need to tell you, I described to my boyfriend that this musical, quote unquote, has sung laughs in it like harmonized sung laughs in it. Right, okay. And he did not understand, and it took several minutes of explaining that like ha 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 is like a thing in this show. Yeah.
1: It's good, it's hard. It's real, I'm sure. It's someone who's sung it. Um so let's see if I can remember the whole recit. Okay. <laughs> so this is where this is the twist. This is a twist mm-hmm. in the tail, guys. Um so for some ridiculous reason to whichever I have no desire to be disloyal. Um, Some person in authority, I have no idea who, very likely the Astronomer Royal, has decided that for such a beastly month as February, 28 days as a rule are plenty. One year in every four, his days shall be reckoned with nine and 20. And through some singular coincidence, I wouldn't be surprised if it were owing to the agency of an ill-natured fairy. You are a victim of this clumsy arrangement, having been born in leap year... On the twenty ninth of February, and through some simple arithmetical process, you will easily discover that though you've been alive twenty one years, you were only five and a little bit over. I think I missed a line there.
0: It sounds pretty close to my something recollection about of
1: agency it. of an ill-natured fairy, which is. See, a re-
0: I will say, despite how accurate or inaccurate they that may have been, yeah, that is what I enjoy about predictable rhyme. That I mm-hmm. think Gilbert and Sullivan pioneered, and I see rear its ugly head now and again. Like, I will be the first to critique predictable rhyme sometimes, but in context, in a show like this, um, it helps with understanding. Um mm-hmm. you know, and like the plot's so ridiculous you need to understand it a little bit to get the comedy and the humor of it. Otherwise it's just a it's like a gentle absurdity that washes over you and doesn't affect you in any particular way. Yeah. Um and so like um what rhymes with twenty? Um plenty. The-
1: his days shall be reckoned oh uh, yeah uh, yeah twenty eight days as a rule are plenty. One year and every four
0: his days shall be reckoned
1: with nine and twenty.
0: Right. And so like you're th- that that I in my mind hear 20 before 20 is sung. And okay. I I listened to this too early in my musical analysis days to know if that happened the first time. Right. But it's one that I can consider general. you know, there's a good chance you figured it out. And like the rest of the rhymes in this one too. Um and also I think kind of throughout this musical in some pretty key areas. Because of context, I don't, you know, I won't get my much lauded "City of Angels" hat out, um, and I don't know much critiqued "City of Angels" hat out. Um, like it's appropriate in this context. Yeah.
1: Well, I just also feel that these guys birthed witty Reigns. right? Yeah. So you well, can't it, question them.
0: It seems it seems witty over lazy, um, even yeah. though it's even though it's predictable. Like they set you up. It's always. I'm going to go on a tangent here, and who knows if this will make the edit. Um, but have Probably I talked about We're at 45 my, minutes already. Right? Exactly. <laughs> my, my philosophy of murder mystery television shows, um, there's like two kinds of murder mystery television shows. Uh-huh. There's the ones where you know who did it, and you follow the investigator trying to figure it out, uh-huh. um, like Columbo. And there's the ones where you don't know who did it, and you follow the investigator actually figuring it out. Um, does She Wrote? Murder, she wrote in context with the investigator Mm -hmm. and or take a more contemporary example, Sherlock, Mm -hmm. Um, the best murder mysteries let you figure it out just before the character on screen figures it out. Uh Um, Like we're talking seconds here. But it lets you feel smart and it lets you feel accomplished and clever because you're picking up on the same clues that they're letting them pick up on Mm -hmm. just a little bit faster. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you get that satisfaction of like, oh, I figured it out. You don't Mm -hmm. figure it out so early that like half of the plot is really uh, irrelevant because you're yelling at the screen like, it was the maid! Um, Mm -hmm. But instead you figure it out just before them. It's the same way I feel with these predictable rhymes, like... You get the rhyme in your mind a split second before the person says it, and Uh it lets you feel the same cleverness that the author does in creating the rhyme. And sometimes the characters do in creating the rhyme, because, like, these sort of characters take pleasure in their wittiness.
1: Yes. Yes. you know one of my favorite things? This probably uh won't make it, but I do just want to tell you, Uh is... Sondheim does it a lot and I've yet to find other examples um where he plays on that mm-hmm. and then right at the last minute smacks you across the face with a non-right. Yeah. No. So it's total- the one that the one that I always go to is in um in Poor Baby. Mm-hmm. And it's um there's no one where in his life Robert ought to have a Woman. woman yeah and an exactly. do you know what yeah. i mean and you're no. just like oh
0: <laughs> this totally should make it because gilbert and sullivan did it first mm, um absolutely and this is why they're it's so important and they call attention to it and it's because they have this meta it's it's funny because they talk about like you know they wanted to be re- very realistic in their direction and by contemporary yeah. standards they're absolutely not but modern major general plays on that conceit absolutely um, whenever he's searching for a rhyme and like it's it's the biggest most overt punchline of the song you'll say a better major general has never satagy which like you know he's trying to find a rhyme for strategy finds a really obscure one um and then in some contemporary retellings when they go back and like capitalize on the fantastical feat that is singing that patter song yeah the major general he sings instead you'll say a better major general has never rode a horse and it doesn't rhyme yeah and it's even funnier exactly Um, exactly and it's it's like so buried in context like just on its own it's not funny us talking about this is not funny but in context it's right like describe like of course describing a joke takes the humor out of it but this one even more yeah because the context is so important exactly um, exactly and i i see that with paradox um i see that i know it's not originally written for this but um mm-hmm. the the whole conceit of the oh what's the song it really doesn't matter um yes
1: uh, the matter song the, the matter Bible song way. yeah yeah
0: and then, and then, like, stupid jokes where they end, you know, in the contemporary writings where it's like, <gasps> and then they go, What's the matter? It's really funny because the last song was the Matter song. Exactly. Uh, we so, should pick up the plot, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, that tr- translating is the crux of the whole show. Basically, um, the Pirate King and Ruth have discovered that Frederick was born an elite peer. So, actually, he's only five years old um, and not 20. And is he a pirate or isn't he? Exactly. Is he still in the? Nobody knows anymore. It's a paradox. Ha 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 And so um, Frederick is like, "Oh well, I'm I'm kind of tied between the two now. What am I to do? This is where I lose the plot. Yeah. So it will all gets a bit crazy. Um, they the, fight. yeah. So oh, the, the the
0: policemen come.
1: Exactly. So the, the meanwhile, meanwhile, Madison is something. Um, the major general is called the police in order to arrest the pirates and sort them out. But ugh, unfortunately, the British police force are idiots.
0: <laughs> this is. Do you know? I don't know if this is an American trope or an international trope. But do you know the Keystone Cops? Um, it's absolutely. I'm. I experienced the idea of the Keystone Cops before I ever knew what Pirates of Penzance were. And okay. I'm positive the Keystone Cops are taken from Tarantara, the okay, cool. constables in Pirates of Penzance. But yeah. for American audiences, you know the Keystone Cops. They're parodied in a bunch of Looney Tunes cartoons where it's a you know an amorphous blob of officers of the law who are chasing a criminal in a very bumbling way Uh and like like,
1: waving their sticks and and, like
0: they round the corner and as they round the corner they have to hop on one foot so they can like make up the momentum to go in one direction um it's like it's a it's a physical comedy staple okay of like a hundred police officers you know and you see it 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 is core to society i mean you see keystone cops the trope in the blues brothers movie um with, like, all the Chicago police trying to bumblingly chase the Blues Brothers through, you know, a mall uh-huh. in there. Like, that's Keystone Cops. And it right, starts in Pirates okay. of Penzance. This is, this is where that joke starts. We're seeing the go. genesis of a meme.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so the police are a bit ridiculous um, and are a bit scared of the old pirates, but, again, feel their own sense of duty um, and uh, decide to, to help and they um, take a whole song to off. exit stage exactly away away um at last we go uh tarantara <laughs> so good <laughs> um <laughs> and then um frederick uh kind of says goodbye to mabel and kind of tells tells her that oh, i've got to do this um because of my sense of duty it's such such a shame um, so he joins up with Pirate King and Ruth uh and the rest of the pirates, and they sneak into the Major's house very loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh there's a fight scene, some brief altercation exactly <laughs> brief um, altercation
0: absolutely not
1: <laughs> hey. <laughs> the actual fight lasts about three bars.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then in every reenactment, it takes up like a half of the second act. What do you mean? Have you not watched a contemporary recreation of Pirates of Penzance? I've been in one. Yeah, there's like both in the pirate movie, infamously featured uh, music theater YouTube dot whatever, um, or the Angel Lansbury adaptation. It's like, sw- this is where the swash the buckling happens. Are you talking about cat like tread? Oh, you're talking about cat like tread? Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. No,
1: I'm not. I'm talking about with base deceit.
0: This is, see, this is, this is my difficulty with contemporary recreations of this. The end of Act Two is so. Because the alter case, the actual
1: fight, is literally just bum, 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 bum. bum. With base deceit, you ripped upon our dealings. With vengeance, yeah. read and our dealings. And then they fight some more in With some recreations. And, and then revolution. they fight some
0: more, and then they fight some more. And then it's like, stop, we've lost Queen Victoria. And then we de assist Machina our way out of the plot.
1: Well, actually, what happens <laughs> is um, Ruth remembers that. <laughs> They're not all pirates. Actually, they're all noblemen. They're all members of the peerage, um, and they've just gone gone a bit wrong. This is where I start losing my patience with this. So there show. you go. Your patience. Put that away. <laughs> DNS puns. Um, <laughs> basic, uh, yeah, and then we're then we're at the end. Like, like don't look for a happy fun resolution here.
0: I mean, it. But it is a happy fun resolution. It's just Absolutely. not like it's not it a good a solid resolution. And it's not gets, like. It's not like one that they foreshadowed or set up or like that makes any sense. Um, yeah.
1: I am the very model of a model major general. I have information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England and I quote the fights historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. I am very well acquainted too, with matters mathematical. I understand equations both for simple and quadratical. Upon binomial theorem, I'm teeming with a lot of news.
2: Lot News I've got it. with oh, many cheerful facts about the square
1: of the hypotenuse? Many about the square of the Many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. about the
2: square of the
0: So here's the thing. I'm sure we're at the end of a, of Jimmy and I rambled on for the plot about far too long. And I'm sure there was a wonderfully cohesive trimmed down version of that in the final edition of the podcast. We'll but I think so. the thing to note is like, because this plot, like, this plot is lauded in its existence for being so cohesive. Mm-hmm. But by contemporary standards, it's absolutely not. yeah. Which is why we've talked about it for so long. Yeah. Like, there's loads...
1: Like, you said deus ex machina there at the end. Um, there's, like, six there's, of them. Exactly. exactly. It's kind of like, or tight spot, deus ex machina.
0: Yeah. But that's, um, you know... that's But that's fine. It's part of the form,
1: you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, writing a musical um, back in those days was not a simple thing to do that you could just slot in a couple of songs right Um, well
0: and its its existence as an operetta which we'll talk about maybe if we don't run out of time yeah um was like supposed to be light and fluffy and non-committal and non-dramatic and non-tragic and non-offensive and so the alternative in those days was to make something that like is so ridiculous it doesn't matter Uh uh-huh
1: yeah precisely
0: um
1: okay well let's have her first natural seg. We're an hour in, that's fine. Let's um, have her first natural seg to where does GNS sit in her lovely musical theatre history?
0: This is something I felt we should have talked about for a long time because it's important and it's not, it's hard mm. to piece this timeline together. In your mind, because it only exists as far as these pieces of arts. These yeah, pieces and of also art are there's concerned.
1: like it's like the Legend of Zelda. There's like three timelines, depending exactly. On, you know what happens, yeah. Um and what perspective you take it from. Yeah, uh, but yes, let's look at it from the the GNS timeline. Let's yeah. let's say yeah. that GNS has a part in the history of musical theater.
0: That's the, I timeline. I think timeline. I think and i would i would argue this even on a greater scale i think the conception of musical theater as we know it starts with gilbert and sullivan
1: mm-hmm. um well see
0: i would say it goes further back okay i could so, see that yeah.
1: yeah but like i would say it goes right back <laughs> yeah to the, the very, very not beginning to do, yeah right. uh, like, this is the much. contentious
0: part but yeah. if you start with Gilbert and Sullivan, so they're we're talking they collaborated 1871 kind of to 1896, yeah, um, yeah. on on operettas, I would yes. say. Yes,
1: yes, um, they'd worked uh, particularly um, W. S. Gilbert. he had worked um, on some other like sort of Victorian burlesques um, in those days, and they were both kind of sick of it because mm-hmm. these were quite inane things yeah um i mean it's not we're not talking gypsy rose lee style burlesque here it's much no, more it's like much hey, later. yeah showing your ankles um yeah. it's and things silliness. like can
0: can and you know the beginning big dresses and kick lines
1: exactly and you know seeing lots of um gender bending and and yeah the
0: commentary was there but it was very broad and it's so, still the the appeal is like sexy ladies in sexy dress of mm-hmm. the era, but like we're not, you know. It it feels like low art.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing is is they were there. It was pure entertainment. Yeah. Um. And uh, it's it's weird. These things kind of come in waves. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they were created in a response to the ballad operas, which were. Uh, Really, kind of early musicals where it's like you're mixing like songspiel stuff, where you're mixing in music mm-hmm. and text together, right? Um, and so they kind of came as as a response to that, as a much more lighthearted version of that, yeah. Um, and and there then w- so,
0: yeah, there well, were like opera comique at the time, which I'm yes. terribly mispronouncing, but like Carmen and things like that, which is not comic opera, but is mm-hmm. like human opera, where. Yeah. It's not 100% tragic, um, is really, I think... Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. It's, it's it's not grand opera. It's not French grand opera. Right. Um, and so what Gilbert and Sullivan decided to do was they were like, well, we're too intelligent for this um, and we want to make much more of a commentary. Um, so started making the light operas um, mm-hmm. as kind of a form of satire, basically. Yeah um and that's kind of prevalent in all of their works mm-hmm. um they each make a commentary on some part of victorian contemporary society mm-hmm. um and pirates is probably one of their most popular I'd say mikado yeah i would say mikado their most popular
0: yeah um i would say but pirates, pirates is can, definitely it's pirates has seen the most longevity because mikado has fallen into a very racist trap mm. um and like, you know, wasn't the intent, but is racist um, because everything has r- racist <laughs> subtitled in it in that age. Right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, but I think it's one of their best by yeah, far. It's absolutely, absolutely. my favorite. Um, yeah. And so they created the, the kind of Savoy operas called, because they were all premiered by yeah. uh, Mr. Doily Cart in the Savoy Opera
0: and there was an intent that these Savoy operas were was like this was going to be a more general term, mm-hmm. um, like there was an, a a concept that there were going to be more of them. But Gilbert and Sullivan kind of defined their own era, yeah, and so exactly. nowadays the Savoy operas kind of just refers to Gilbert and Sullivan operettas, Yeah, they had
2: they
1: had the monopoly on that one completely. Yeah.
0: Um, um, m- meanwhile, kind of at the same time. Um, You see the musical comedies in New York. We're talking turn of the last century. um, They're very much a contemporaneous turn on the Victorian burlesques um, Uh near the later age of...
1: I was going to say kind of including minstrel shows, which we've talked about before. Kind of, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: It's it's like we're we're just predating some vaudeville stuff in the beginning of vaudeville. Yeah. And then a lot of like sexy ladies in skimpy dress... But like with a bit of a story, maybe, uh-huh. um, yeah. or a bunch of songs or, you know, people in blackface in the middle, um, yeah. you know, where the, the shows from this era, you wouldn't recognize the shows from this era have not escaped the era, but mm. it, it is a transitionary time that's kind of happening alongside the swell of these operettas. They're, exactly. they're a little separate. But they become important together later. Yeah. Um,
1: and in the sense that because Dionysus' operettas were so good, sort of mm-hmm. such high quality, they made it across the pond and people yeah. were totally here for them. Um, and then we start bleeding a bit more into the songspiel kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a bit more about The Merry Widow because I don't really understand how it fits in.
0: Yeah, it's. Because um, to me, it's an opera. It's yeah. So the Merry Widow in nineteen. So the Mary Widow prefer, premiered in nineteen oh five in Germany, and then had its English translation in nineteen oh seven. Is kind of on the coattails of this Gilbert and Sullivan trend, and there were plenty of others in America too that didn't that haven't stood the test of time that you don't hear about. But the Mary Widow is one that has made it out. Um, I think partially because it had its big uh English premiere in England as opposed to New York um but The Merry Widow was a contemporary operetta more contemporary than Gilbert and Sullivan um in that it is lighter fare it is not tragic no one dies um but is still sung And the story is connected to the song. I do think in talking about these things, I really think the missing piece for all these things, which I never concluded before was dance. And the thing that really makes the conjoined musical, the um, integrated musical theater, which we'll get to later is the inclusion of dance in all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Merry Widow, you know, it's important to point out here because the Merry Widow has stood the test of time. It's like a thing you can call back to in your mind. Um, and lives on this opera to operetta, to musical comedy, to musical theater spectrum okay, in 1905,
1: 1907. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we're starting to get into a bit more familiar territory. Yeah. Um, Broadway's starting to be born here. Um where we yeah. have the
0: follies mm-hmm. and um, kind of the end of vaudeville, yeah, uh, we do. It does feel like a if we're like on the I don't know the smartness scale, like the highbrow lowbrow scale. It yeah. feels a little bit like a pendulum swing back. Yeah, um, exactly,
1: exactly. And you know that's been a good like forty years that we've right. travelled on in this time, yeah. um, so that's absolutely fine. Um, and then um, the show that kind of changed everything. It'll have its own episode, obviously. Um, But Showboat swam Mm. in. 1927. Um, Exactly. Uh, And in many ways was our first piece of musical theater. Right. As Um, opposed
0: to, say, musical comedy. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, well, I'm sure, you know, we'll spend five hours in it on a future episode. But the idea is Showboat took the structure of what was then the musical comedy but it felt inappropriate to call it a comedy. Yeah. And so then, you know, it's a revolution in the art form.
1: Completely. Completely it was. And it really acted as a turning point, inspiring, um, eventually, uh,
0: Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I think it is important to say here, because our podcast has an international flair, Mm -hmm. almost divergently like at the mm. same time the 3 penny the 3 penny opera premiered a year later after showboat in 1928 yeah. And they don't owe a lot of their genesis to the same ideas. Like they're not mm-hmm. evolved from the same theater schools, but they happened around the same time. Yeah, and so exactly. It, it, it points to a, a changing society and a changing world landscape. There, definitely.
1: Well, I mean, if you know, you just have to look at what's happening at that time in the world mm-hmm. um, to understand why people would be wanting a change. You know, I mean, we're, we're about to enter the World War Two, yeah. so it's you know like we've talked about it a lot in the throw up in the opera podcast but people were on the fringe of thought here um and uh yeah so between oklahoma showboat we did have um a quite a lot of big musical comedies and um a lot of light relief was happening again yeah to deal to cope with what was going on in the world
0: it it really it really does feel like a pendulum swinging back and forth but like moving one direction Mm -hmm. is you have the you know ridiculously lowbrow victorian burlesque sort of things and then we swing in one direction towards gilbert and sullivan Um, you know, we're like, we're adding a little, you know, it's integrated plot a little bit, you know, we don't have ladies in skimpy dress. And then we swing back towards the musical comedies in New York, where it's, you know, girls, 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 and all these things and like legs. And then we swing back a little bit in the other direction with operetta like Mary Widow and like, you know, adding a little more more plot than maybe Gilbert and Sullivan, and then we swing back the other way with the Follies and more girls, 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 but with a little more plot, and then we swing back the other way with Showboat and the Three Penny Opera, and then we swing back with the Great Depression and anything goes, and who the heck cares, and then finally we land on Oklahoma in 1943, Mm -hmm. and the rest is history, as they say.
1: Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, we're still swinging. We're still swinging that pendulum. Yeah, Yeah. it does.
0: It feels like it swings faster now.
1: Yeah, and it's much more of a rigorous structure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, So yeah, so that's the brief timeline of one of the interpretations of where musical theatres are from. It's
0: the justification of why we're talking about Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance very clearly an Operetta Mm -hmm. on our podcast, Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour. Exactly, exactly. It's important to know where you have been. My figures do agree. Hoping <laughs> <laughs> the ways of paradox had come, and since she gaily mocks, though counting in the usual way, yes, twenty-one I've
1: been alive. Yet reckoning by my natal day, yet reckoning by my natal day, I am a little boy of
2: five. He's a little boy of five. <laughs> <laughs>
1: would you like to know a little bit about how pirates came to be
0: i'm very excited to hear about this
1: excellent okie dokie so let me tell you a tale um, of how <laughs> pirates um, fought off pirating. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the 1800s, um, as you'll remember, as you recall.
0: Uh, as, when I was alive.
1: Yeah. Um, copyright laws pretty much didn't exist, mm-hmm. um, particularly international copyright laws Um you know, for example, the work, you know, I wrote I write a musical here and I get it copyrighted here. Um that's makes it safe that no one can across the pond can pinch it and make it their own. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's it's safe for me there. That that yeah. didn't really exist in eighteen hundred. So um a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan stuff, like we said, it was very high quality, um, was getting pirated all over the place, particularly HMS Pinafore, mm. um, which is one of the first really, really big ones. Um and To even the point where when Gilbert and Sullivan themselves brought HMS Pinafore over to the States, um, it didn't do well because the US were already just sick of it. They were like, like, what's
0: this, another Pinafore? Who do these people think they are?
1: Yeah, we've seen this. Um, You don't know any better. Um, And uh, so what they decided to do was to bring their next show over to the States first Mm -hmm. to ensure its copyright there, which is why it had its premiere. In the states, mm-hmm. um, so the working title at the time was "The Robbers," um, mm-hmm. and I don't doubt for a second uh, that was uh, William Gilbert having some fun um, <laughs> at the fact that everyone keeps stealing their stuff, um, and that's where the kind of inspiration for this show um, came from. Mm-hmm. But at that time, um, pirates were very in uh robert Louis stevenson's treasure island had just been released
0: mm-hmm. pirates pirates is a literary character not pirates as like actual pirates
1: yeah exactly exactly but them as like a fun you know trope mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very exciting um and critics you know critics would say like oh it's just hms pinafore but on dry land mm-hmm. it was very different actually it's pirates not sailors hugely different um so that's how it kind of arrived at the States, but its its actual creation um was an equal farce. Mm. Uh because so um they'd written some of it over over by um mm. in the UK. Uh but Sullivan, who apparently was a serial procrastinator, mm. um, didn't bring over his act one. Um <laughs> So he just had to try and rewrite it from memory. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why, like, um, Climbing Over Rocky Mountains has uh, similar music to um, one of the the songs in Thespis, Uh which is the first thing that they did.
0: I think similar sells it very kindly. Yeah,
1: but it's the same. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And... uh, yeah, just I mean, I can only imagine. So it was a bit right. rollicking. Um, and then at 7 am, I don't know how specifically they knew that, but at 7 am on the 28th of December, let us remember that it premiered on the 31st of December. Um, it was finished and mm-hmm. they took it straight into rehearsal. It's quite interesting. So they were quite passionate about using um non professionals mm-hmm. in their shows. Um, because uh, Gilbert was very controlling, basically, a man after my own heart, um, and liked to take uh, these these people kind of from day one and do it his way. Mm-hmm. Um, so here they had a bunch of non-actors um, or, you know, amateurs mm-hmm. uh, basically rehearsing for the show that was premiering in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, all the while this was going on, uh, people are like listening at the door of the rehearsal space. All of the scripts and librettos uh, are literally kept under lock and key mm-hmm. um, because they don't want this to be pirated. They want this one to stay safe. Like the cast are being offered bribes, the band are being offered bribes mm-hmm. um, at all costs. Uh, and uh, even though <laughs> they had all these things in the safe, it was still pirated. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is just hilarious that Pirates was finally pir- pirated. Um, and apparently it's because they had loads of basically copyists in the theatre watching it night after night after night and just writing everything down from memory when they got home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one the first thing to get published in the States was I think it was called like Recollections of the Pirates of Penzance um, before the actual thing was published itself. But I think because... Because they had had the performance there, um, and they'd set up the tours so quickly as well, mm-hmm. um, they kind of kept it
0: alive. In, it gives in, in it gives them a stronger. Patterns. Not even, like, legal backing, but, like, because they're also on the ground with anyone who's trying to pirate their material and perform it immediately. Exactly. It lets them do it better, faster, because they did it first. Yeah, exactly. Which is... But
1: it's just... I just can't imagine what that must have been like. Like... Right? There's no... You couldn't... Obviously, you could never have that happen today because... Yeah. You know, of laws. But it's so... Yeah. It's so wild, you know I mean? It's so wild to me.
2: It's, yeah, it's very well, crazy. It, it
0: gives me, sol- you know, when I run into problems with licensing companies, or like when I see hear the stories about like MTI or Sam French or whatever author being kind of you know shitty to some particular production. Mm-hmm. It's reassuring to know that by no means are we in like the knockdown, drag out, warring ages of Gilbert and Sullivan. Producing their their new musical at the same time across the continent to like make sure they can solidify their copyright.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so well done to the guys. Also, the musician has tried to mutiny halfway through, just keeping the pirate theme, um, <laughs> because they decided that the score was just too big. Uh, uh-huh. So they were like, "This is actually a grand opera. This isn't an operetta. We're not getting paid enough." Um, and uh, I love it, though, Sullivan was really canny and was just like, well, that's fine if you feel like that, but I've got another orchestra just waiting on standby. I'll just call them. We can get them shipped over. Um, (laughs) And he told that story to the press and just obviously completely made it all up. Um, And they backed down and they were like, okay, cool,
0: fair. fair." I I do think, as much as Gilbert and Sullivan absolutely were fantastic authors, Mm -hmm. their businessmanship also, yeah. has a very strong standing in their enduring popularity. Yeah, um, I think they were
1: just extremely intelligent men. Yeah, do you know
0: what I mean? They had a, really, they really—they had their finger on all of the pulses. They had it figured out because, like, they—they they directed and music directed. It wasn't like yeah. they wrote this thing and passed it off to a bunch of people like the contemporary Broadway system. Like, absolutely, they yeah. saw it through. Um yeah. and you know, my confusion gets me, but whichever one conducted the opening performance of sully. every sully conducted yeah. the opening performance of every single american tour um and like that you know they were they were with this piece of art in every detail completely they're fascinating men it's like
1: their whole story their whole lives are completely fascinating i think it's a good point um to wedge into the show notes um the movie Topsy which is just a great film at the end of the day but it's just it's a really great way to kind of see their relationship like um they're they're, su- they're almost opposite characters in many yeah. ways um and naturally the relationship was really tumultuous mm-hmm, um course. this was a pirates was a particularly rosy period mm-hmm. um for the most part but you know they did have their their issues yeah um and that's like that's a really really great film um that one and all should watch to experience the Gene <laughs> we'll story. But help like,
0: you, it'll help you stop getting them confused with Rogers and Hammerstein.
1: Exactly. I mean, if you get them confused, that's bad. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, I feel like you can start to get a sense of why they are as popular as they are. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, they've come from such a stock of strength. Yeah, Do you know, what I mean, there's, there's not, they didn't really make many mistakes, not certainly till the end where they started to make flops. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's just because the times were changing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know, in their heyday, they were doing some magical things, and, and like you say, to, to triumph across continents. Yeah, that's huge. Like we, th- you haven't really seen that till Andrew Weber. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like he, he yeah. really picked that up the second time. Um, it's, it's really, yeah really impressive yeah and and their stuff is very high quality their their lyrics and their music is extremely high quality
0: it lasts it stands up um you know i mean
1: i you know i performed pirates in 2011 or whenever it was
0: yeah like like there there are hundreds of thousands of shows between pirates of penzance and oklahoma that no one will ever hear again because they're so poor in quality yeah but like exactly you know pirates of penzance as we've said everyone knows Everyone knows, even if you don't know it, you know it.
1: Absolutely, and it is getting performed across the world yeah. at any given moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, more so because it's been 100 years, so there's now no longer any copyright on it, so you can just do right. it. But um, but, but uh, even,
0: I mean, have you seen the contemporary trend of performing Pirates of Penzance with a Pirates of the Caribbean twist and making the Pirate King look like Captain Jack Sparrow? Jack Sparrow, I know. Yeah, which like makes me vomit a little bit in my mouth, but like... It it stays. People go see it. People are excited to see it. Like yeah, people, exactly. People who couldn't possibly have been Pirates of Penzance fans from the beginning because uh-huh. it's so freaking old. Yeah, go yeah. see it.
1: Exactly. And like it's it's almost a safe bet, right? Yeah, it's almost a safe theatrical bet. Like if if I know a company is doing mm-hmm. a GNS. I will be I would be fine going to see it because I'm, you can't really mess up like unless you have yeah. got a bunch of toned death well, people and, but like, even
0: then it's it's reached it's reached the point of like almost being godly that Shakespeare has um yeah. where like even a really poor production still has this like deep feeling of tradition and literature to it mm-hmm. that like keeps you from faulting it entirely totally
1: um, and like because i've seen i've seen pirates uh on a professional stage directed by uh you know mike lee who Mm -hmm. directed tops terby but is one of my favorite directors um consequently it wasn't actually very good um (laughs) but then i've seen it you know in the fringe where there's like a cast of 12 right um in, in some ways that was better. Do you know what I mean? And like yeah. and there's just so there's so much you can do with it. Yeah. Like it's again, it's one of these shows, if you're a director, um, you can have so much fun because you just it is so ridiculous that you can
0: just yeah. play around and it, um, it does it does feel like it's become bigger than it is, you know? Like uh I don't know the best way to put this thought. Like, its popularity is it's not a revolutionary plot. There's right. There, yeah, yeah, there yeah. are better songs today than in this show, but because it's Pirates of Penzance, because it was so popular when it existed and then continued to remain so popular. Yeah, totally. Like its reputation precedes it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, by the way, I've worked out through the video of this podcast, exactly, that's one of the things I say all the time. Uh-huh, exactly so i'm really i'm yep. really sorry i'm really sorry but it's not it's not gonna stop if you've been taking
0: um, a shot every time jimmy says exactly we're so sorry yeah
1: the liver damage is real um <laughs> but yeah it's 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 really it's just really enjoyable like i learned yeah. so much doing it i learned so much like see just musically mm. because it is because it's near opera yeah you learn a lot about technical singing. And you learn a lot about consonants and the importance Mm -hmm. of consonants and Mm -hmm. uh, held notes. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, just these simple things that, uh, you know, a lot of contemporary musical theatre doesn't necessarily require. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you're doing, uh, I don't know, if you're doing, like, Dear Evan Hansen, you don't really need to worry about your consonants too much. Because there ain't no patter song in Dear Evan Hansen. Right, exactly. um whereas if you don't watch your consonants and parse Penzans then you're not going to understand anything
0: well and it's i want it's so it's interesting to me because we've seen it you can you can draw the descent of this sort of impressiveness of this sort of thing but like even the idea of a patter song yeah. you know you look at something like modern major general where uh-huh. like it you know before it hits its first immediate reprise could demand a standing ovation yeah. and not because it's a like it's a funny song, but, like, in a difficult, convoluted sort of way, yeah, it's not a terribly moving song. It's not a terribly like knee slapping kind of funny song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it the technical prowess required to execute the song is impressive. It's like watching someone run a marathon. um yeah. and like, that, you know, drives you to stand up. And you see those things sort of happen on a descending scale through things like the music man or like, mm-hmm. You know, you see them pop up now and again as like homages, like direct yeah. homages in like thoroughly modern Millie. yeah,
1: exactly, yeah, but, but like son like Sandy song- like, loves a power song exactly, you but know how what I
0: mean? many how many songs on Broadway right now are like about how technically difficult they are to execute in a live context, yeah, I'd wager probably zero, yeah, um. Like, there are beautiful songs and pretty songs and where, like, you clap for the performer and their wonderful interpretation of it. But, like, there's no song on Broadway right now where you're like, wow, you said all the words. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah,
1: uh-huh.
0: And, like, you know, it's interesting to see that dissent. Um, I don't, y- there's not a particular reason to point to why. And I don't know how just, we got here.
1: But <laughs> Well, I feel like it's just, it's actually just difficult. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And to make it, you know, for something like Not Getting Married Today. Yeah. One of the best contemporary patter songs. Yes, absolutely. um, Like, to wedge all that plot in there.
0: Yeah. Do you know what
1: I mean? And to keep it being funny. Yeah. That's really difficult. That's That's really really impressive. Because that's the thing is, it's like, you couldn't have, like, a ballad patter song. Right. That wouldn't work. That'd be odd. Yeah. That'd be very, very odd. Um,
0: But even, even like you know, Hamilton, the contemporary recreation of everything we love about musical theater, mm-hmm. it's, it's patter songs we would probably more likely call rap or hip hop. Yeah. And like the impressiveness isn't so much in, you know, maybe something like Guns and Ships, uh-huh. maybe, but it's impressive for a slew of other reasons, Yeah, only one of which is that it's a, a, a well-written patter song. Um, yeah, it's it's a trend that's that's dying. Well, that's I mean, like in many
1: ways, and this sounds stupid, but like in many ways, that's where rap came from. Like, yeah. it's saying words, saying smart words fast. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's what it is. Yeah, uh, I
0: mean, there, there's probably an argument to make that like modern major general is one of the first rap songs. <laughs> which let's do it. Is really insulting to a bunch of you know cultural backgrounds, but. You know. know, there's elements there. There's some connection um, there, yeah.
1: Literally, if you're Tom Lehrer.
0: Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Um <laughs> All that to say, Gilbert and Sullivan, knowingly or not, really they set us up. They set us up for success.
1: They did indeed. Absolutely. Thanks, chaps. Okay, so that was the pirates the pirates of Penzance
0: the pirates of Penzance
1: have you ever done you know the warm up like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 1, 2, 3, 4, 5
0: 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 1, 2, 3 4, 5, 1, 2, 3 4, 5, 1, 2, 3 4, 5,
1: 1 2, 3 4, 5, 1 that sounds unfamiliar to me okay it's just like a concentration mind bef�� thing um the pirates of Penzance we did pirates of Penzance pirates of Penzance pirates of Penzance pirates
0: of Penzance pirates of Penzance I will I will tell you my yep. one of my biggest connections to Pirates of Penzance. Um, the song "We Go," the the away song, we go. Yep, yep. Um, sounds very, very similar to uh, my college's um, like fight song um okay yeah and we were the redbirds and one of my friends in college who was in pirates of penzance in high school um liked to sing go ye redbirds go to glory go and fight and fight and die 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 which like isn't terribly appropriate at a football game um
1: no and yeah but you know it's insidious we can't help <laughs> we can't get away from it it's everywhere Hey, are you ready for the Reddit rundown? We got follow up, Reddit rundown, follow up. I think we should make a um like our jingle.
0: It's the Reddit rundown follow up. Is that is it bad, good? Let's no let's let's do this. <laughs> no,
1: right, I'm gonna compose in my head. Um Run on down to the Reddit rundown. Yeah. Run running on down, down to the Reddit rundown. Or come on down to the Reddit Rundown.
0: You you sing it and I'll go, yeah! <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. No, I'm not. I have just got embarrassed. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I thought it might be fun, but it won't be. Um, excellent. So... Um, let's yeah we so we talked about this in the last podcast for heathers if you haven't listened to heathers go listen to heathers and we're um, gonna
0: our podcast it's jim and tomic's musical theater happy hour
1: and we always run over so we're gonna try and speed through these exacto mundo um what are ian ian thomas mac said what are the jimmy and tomic musical theater happy hour trash called i don't um, know my
0: my trash is called mashed potatoes but we need some trash
1: yeah we need tra- i need some trash give me some trash Uh, in the UK we call it rubbish Um, so yeah let us know answers in the back of a postcard guys Um, um, also so we did it again Tommy and I uh, have this thing where every time we do a podcast we like wish something into existence Um, and And it always happens it literally always happens I can't remember off the top of my head the other ones but it always happens Um, and uh, we wished Heather's into existence so it's
0: EO underscore one, two, three, let us know. The Other Palace is doing a workshop of Heather's in England.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, we also had Saturn Police uh, tell us loads about animatics. Apparently, animatic is a, like industry term. Yeah, who um, knew? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's storyboarding. And actually, it, it makes sense because you see it quite a lot. Um, at the end of... See things like Pixar films?
0: Mm-hmm. And they're like and all they're, the scenes they've cut? And, and, or like... Yeah,
1: they're deleted scenes and stuff like that. They're, they're these exact same animatic things. Yeah. Um,
0: I wonder if it says something about the future of Heather's the musical as like an animated movie, the fact that so many people feel gravitated to these animatics for it. Yeah, exactly. So, well,
1: because the first... I remember that one of the first ones I ever saw was actually a wicked one. Yeah, Um, that's
0: very popular on YouTube.
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh my God, this is so good and this would work perfectly as an animation. So it could happen. And, you know, and she was just... Or he she sat on police. They were just saying um, that... uh, Like, a lot of their people are wanting to be professional storyboard artists
0: and what a Um, what a great way to start by adapting these non-animated things into animated things
1: exactly Ah, exactamundo um we also found out about uh uh, gender-bending production. Yeah, Z- was ZY King and,
0: and Sammy Elliott told us about this. Um, uh, by the way,
1: I really hope Sammy Elliott is actually just the actor Sam Elliott. Probably, that seems I think I generally think it probably is. Um, and How,
0: how do you feel about this gender-bending production of Heather's?
1: I'm kind of fascinated by it. I mean, that's the joy of amateur theatre, isn't it? Where you just do it, do it, do it whatever the hell you want. You can right. play. Yeah. Um, and apparently it worked. Like there's a whole Tumblr that we found out devoted to this production. Well, of like, course there is. What the hell is Heather's like? No, of course <laughs> you know
0: there is. Mean? There there are whole tumblers dedicated to the guy who carries carrots in that one scene in the movie version of Les Mis. Like, of course. No, but this a- isn't this is an amateur
1: production. I mean, it is Berkeley, <laughs> so it's it's good. But like, yeah. it's baffling. Um, but no, I really like the the idea of it. Yeah. Um, and it kind of calls into question a lot of other different themes. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's, uh, really,
0: it's very interesting. Um, especially because, you know, this is not like... what, what So what's gender-bent? JD's gender-bent and that's about it? Yeah, are so gonna, that, yeah exactly. Are you going to gender-bend Kurt and Ram? Or, like, you know, probably not, but then... Nope there's you know even just questions of like all the the gay slurs that happen throughout the thing they gain a little bit more weight yeah exactly
1: so i think yeah so they kind of change that into um things like you know like waffle muncher and right like that um apparently um which you know i think is is like it it doesn't it their relationship between veronica and jd um it, it it just brings a whole new light yeah onto this
0: yeah well and it I'll it's really quick, interesting in the sure. per, in the perspective that like you know you look at the all the um occurrences of school violence whether it's school bombings or school shootings that are perpetrated by male identifying people men mm-hmm. um and like to gen- then gender bend this into a female world it makes you think and question a lot of things
1: yeah 100% a hundred percent. So yeah, very very fascinating. Now the other thing, Thomas, I'm <sighs> shining a light in your eyes, mate. Um, so many people. Um, but we had uh, Her Royal Highness Queen Mab, um, <laughs> and movie dude seventy four. Particularly, also royalty, probably. Yeah. Um, call out, call you out, Tommy.
0: I know, I know and it's cuz I went on such a rant in um City exactly. of Angels about the lyrics. And yep. there there are crappy lyrics in Heathers. Absolutely I will give you that. And this is something I've been sorting through and I I don't have a good answer for. Um I'm more okay with it in Heathers. Right. Um, I'm more okay with it in a musical about vomiting up corn nuts than I am in a musical that kind of prides itself on, like, the the film noir genre prides itself on wordplay and poetry more so than I think a campy 80s movie adaptation, certainly with darker tones. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's, like, some elevation to the satire there, whereas, like, City of Angels is more of an homage than a satire, and for some reason that lets me excuse some more clumsy lyrics. Um, and you're right, they're clumsy lyrics. Um, and I don't know why I'm more okay with them, but I am.
1: Do you know why you're okay with them? Because hmm. everyone's allowed their own opinion, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't like giving myself that justification. I feel that's an easy way out. But well, I don't know, I I'm this, interested. This will,
1: be your, this will be your journey. This will be uh, I mean, Tommy's journey. Maybe.
0: Yeah, because th- it's a thing. I don't bring it up as much, but I feel this way all the time in all sorts of musicals about lazy and less lazy lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, did you give that phrase a second look over? There's not a better rhyme you can pull there? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, you know, I didn't bring it up in the Heathers podcast. It didn't mm-hmm. because it wasn't on my mind, but it was totally mm-hmm. on my mind in the City of angels podcast, yeah um,
1: I think well, I think it's just because people are say, because City of Angels, the standard of lyrics is so much higher mm-hmm. across the board, yeah to then laud something where the standard is so much lower, yeah, I think that's the the thing that people are having issues with, but yeah,
0: it's more so that like in City of Angels, it sticks out to me, and in Heather's, it didn't, mm-hmm. and you know, I pride myself on musical theater analysis. Mm-hmm. and those two things are incongruous with each other
1: mm-hmm. i don't know who knows but hey the people are mad the pitchforks true. are flying i'm sorry mashed um,
0: potatoes and whatever. insert jim and tomic musical theater trash here
1: exactly i thought maybe the alcoholics but i don't know if that's a bit
0: i don't know if we right. want to encourage that too much i guess
1: um <laughs> the alcoholics no doesn't work. Nah. like jolly alcoholics no Um, We're not, we're
0: not, we are not nearly as clever as the collective of all our listeners. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So that was the Reddit Rundown. Woo! Let us know if you like that, if you want us to do it next week.
1: So Tommy, do you want to know what we will be getting up to next week?
0: Absolutely.
1: Excellent. Well, I got a question for you, buddy. Um, This musical that we'll be talking about is immensely funny from the get-go, but... Did you know many of its funniest moments developed from actor ad libs and stage mishaps? Mm. So from accidentally throwing a coat across the stage onto a coat rack perfectly and getting a standing ovation, uh, to being trapped on stage because of a malfunctioning door. Um, what musical did this happen in?
0: That sounds hilarious, whatever it is. I'm laughing. I can hear it. Ha ha ha
2: ha! Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Um
0: if you want to get in contact with us I'm musical mash on Twitter or musical theater mash on YouTube
1: and I am Asin Hendricks on Twitter and YouTube or you can, can ch- contact us on our joint Twitter account Jim and
0: Tomic or check out our website jimandtomic.com which has a link to the Reddit discussion and
1: you know all about that already You do we talk about it too much Um please tell your friends all about us that would be fabulous and we'll see you next week. See you then.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Ciao for now.
0: We go, we go, we go, we go. And now we Da-run, go. to dur And now we go. ra ra And now we go. ra what? This is the end. This is the end. And now we go. Of the podcast. And now we go. Ta-ra-ta-ra.
1: We go.